0: Hi, and welcome to Failurology, a podcast about engineering failures. I'm your host, Nicole.
1: And I'm Brian, and we're both from Calgary, Alberta. Welcome to our sixth mini-failure episode.
0: We're bringing you engineering failures in bite-sized pieces.
1: Make no mistake, these are still significant failures, but they either have pretty straightforward causes or not enough information available for a full episode.
0: Essentially, we have a list of failures we want to tell you about, but haven't been able to dig up enough information about them.
1: These episodes are just a failure, so no news segment and no ads, for now at least.
0: It's like Failurology light.
1: This week's mini-failure is about the Knickerbocker Theatre Collapse in Washington, D.C. The collapse occurred while the theatre was showing a silent comedy called Get Rich, Quick Wallingford, a silent comedy film about selling carp attack, which sounds like an absolutely riveting movie.
0: Okay, I'm confused. What does a silent comedy...
1: It's just a funny moving picture without any sound how about carpet attacks
0: but is it what part's funny is it like three stooges type funny but with no sound
1: i i'm not actually sure and uh, despite popular belief i i'm not actually old enough to be around for when silent movies were a, <laughs> were a big thing
0: yeah i don't know if i i don't know if they would be my thing i'm not sure i'd like them
1: it'd probably be a little bit easier to fall asleep during the silent movies
0: i already have a problem staying awake during movies
1: Probably not as compelling as a Michael Bay film with a whole bunch of explosions. I feel the nuances would probably be lost in in silent film, and they, they also didn't really have good titles back then. Like Get Rich Quick Wallingford doesn't sound very compelling for me to go go watch it.
0: And how do you know it's about tar- carpet tax? And by carpet tax, we're not talking about taxing carpet purchases. We're talking about the the tax T A C K S that go into the floor that hold the carpet in place, which I mean carpet tax like a purchase tax it sounds dry enough, but carpet tax as in the the device that holds the carpet in place, you know, that's a different level of dry, I think.
1: Yeah, it's it's a movie about conning a rich guy into building a factory or purchasing something from a from a factory in in, uh, in a small town in, in Iowa, I believe. So
0: Oh. Hmm. Interesting.
1: Maybe it's available at your local blockbuster store.
0: There's no Blockbuster anymore.
1: No, actually, there there is one in, uh, there's one or two left. There's one in Alaska, and I, there used to be one in Oregon. Those were the last two, um, like actual physical Blockbuster stores. Okay, back to uh, back to this. In the theater that night, there were 300 to 1,000 people that had gone to attend Get Rich Quick Wallingford. A massive blizzard had come two days before, and it lasted 28 hours, and it turned out to be the worst snowfall since 1899 in Washington, D.C., There
0: was a significant amount of snow that accumulated on the roof, which put a significant strain on the structure, and after two days, the roof finally gave way shortly after 9pm on January 28th. Witnesses reported that there was no hint of danger coming, there was no creaking or loud noises beforehand. The roof just all of a sudden collapsed onto the concrete balcony, which then collapsed onto the orchestra seating section. A witness then called a telephone operator because, yes, there were no one had cell phones. It's 1922. And the telephone operator notified police, firefighters and hospitals. And then they also called the city government and closed all theaters in the city to prevent any more loss of life from collapses, which I think was really, really smart. I'm not aware of any collapses that occurred following this storm or after this one, but that was really proactive of them to to get everyone out of danger.
1: So I'm guessing that based off them closing all the theaters, that that was likely a big gathering spot for people in Washington, D.C. Otherwise, to be proactive, I assume that theater wasn't the only building that had snow on its roof. Maybe they should have closed a couple other things as well, but it is a proactive step to close the theaters.
0: Yeah. I mean, they did, they tried.
1: They did, they did what they could. And they also called in 600 soldiers and Marines to, to deal with the situation, to sift through the rubble, and to pull survivors out. But it was hard to get to the theater because of all the snow that had fallen in the last couple days. At 2.30 the next day, the Marines and the soldiers still couldn't remove the balcony debris to get people who were seated in the orchestra section. There was a small boy who crawled in and delivered water to everyone trapped.
0: Which is crazy. I don't think... Today, there is no way they would let that little boy do that.
1: Oh, definitely not.
0: But he probably saved a lot of lives. But the risk of further collapse would have been far too great for them to let him do that, which is just really interesting to think about. I mean, I get it. Don't get me wrong. I get it. But it's also really interesting that the little boy was even able to do it.
1: I think we have much better technology. We have robots that can go through rubble. We have much better construction techniques in the first place so this doesn't happen. And then we also have... Much larger mechanical equipment as well, right? That can move rubble around or you know, pull pieces of rubble off. Because because back here, a lot of this was probably the debris had to be carried away by hand, um, or they had very rudimentary, you know, steam powered equipment to do any sort of the the lifting of of debris.
0: Yeah, I think too. The other thing to think about is they obviously can't drive any tools they have into the building. So from the pictures, it looks like the entire roof collapsed they likely would have had to put some kind of crane outside of the building that's tall enough to go over the walls of the building, which were still standing, and then drop the crane hook into the building to hook onto stuff. So yeah, it would have been tricky to do today, really. I mean, I think we definitely have the tools and the expertise to do it, but it it would have been a tricky endeavor today. So 1922 would have been even that much more complicated.
1: And unfortunately... 98 people did perish in this disaster and 133 people were injured.
0: Which is substantial. So, like Brian said, there was an estimate between 300 and 1,000 people in the theater. But no one really knows how many people were there. That was never confirmed. But, you know, 250 people were affected by this directly, uh, let alone indirectly you know all of the relatives and and survivors that would have been extremely tragic an investigation did take place afterwards and it concluded that the use of arch girders rather than stone pillars to support the roof led to the collapse although this was never able to stand up in court they did try to take this to court on multiple occasions and they were never really able to pinpoint the cause of the failure to any one single party or or even any group of parties. They were never really able to legally place blame for this failure.
1: Yeah, and it's unfortunate too, a number of years later, the, the theater's architect Reginald Gere and the owner Harry Crandall, they both died by suicide. Gear in 1927 and Harry Crandall in 1937. So, so this had long-reaching consequences for you know, the people that had designed it and also the the owner of the theater.
0: Yeah, I think that's one of the important things. This really hit home for me while I was researching the Hyatt Regency collapse, which is two walkways that collapsed at the Hyatt Regency in Kansas City in 1981, I believe it is. And the two walkways were stacked on top of each other and one collapsed onto the other, which both collapsed onto the floor. The point I'm trying to make, the designers had no intention of of have of building walkways that collapsed if anything they they tried not to do it and there was you know there was some oversight on the construction details and a a lack of inspection by the structural engineers to make sure that what the contractors were doing was correct and was adequate for the weight of the of the walkways and everyone you know the contractor thought the engineer was looking at it and the engineer thought the contractor was looking at it and it was really just a communication breakdown But that structural engineer, he went on to teach at universities, you know, for the remainder of his career, he lost his license to practice. And he just talked about you never, you never live that down, you know, your design caused someone to lose their life and you never recover from that. I don't think that any of the designers that we're talking about in these failures are malicious or trying to hurt people, but they make some short-sighted decisions that ultimately lead to failures that hurt people and it's really unfortunate and we're not even trying to place blame we're not trying to call them out we're not trying to say you know you're bad we're just trying to shed some light on on what those oversights were and you know get people thinking about how to look at problems and hopefully prevent these types of things from happening again If I've learned anything, it's that it's okay to be overly cautious. And yeah, people think you're being too careful. But when you say public safety is at stake here, people are willing to take the extra steps to make sure that that everyone remains safe. And I, I just think that's really important. Back to the theater. Early witness accounts did suggest that theater employees talked about removing snow from the roof, but they ultimately decided that wasn't necessary, which was clearly not the best choice. That's something that's really interesting. So again, I'm not a structural engineer, but I do deal with water roof drains, usually in the context of rain, but also in in managing snow. And there's pretty strict regulations on roof design as far as snow loading. They need to carry certain design criteria for the roof based on the type of roof and the expected snow load of that roof. And then there's also some restrictions on, sometimes on the parapet, which is the the wall around the edge of the roof to kind of prevent some snow buildup. And then we also have to look at, you know, anytime we add a large unit to the roof, so a r- large rooftop unit, that unit then allows snow to build up against it. And so the structural engineers aren't just looking at the unit weight itself. They're looking at the size of the unit and how much snow it's going to cause to collect next to it and whether the roof can handle that as well. So there's a lot of factors that go into to the roof design nowadays based on things that they've learned in the past.
1: Nicole, is there any point where the, the roof pitch, I guess, or the roof angle changes from a fairly flat roof to an angled roof for increased snow shedding? Like I know driving out to Vancouver, you'll go through Rogers pass and Revelstoke where a lot of the buildings, they have a, they have a very A shape structure to them with a roof so that way that the the snow will will naturally slide off. But that area of the world does get substantially more snow than, you know, a city like Calgary or or Edmonton. But is there a a pitch angle or is is that something that's taken into design consideration for, you know, snow buildup and snow shedding at all in the the roof angle design?
0: So I'm not part of those discussions if they're happening. I would assume to a certain extent that they, they might be. But what I also think is happening is that the owner and the architect come up with a certain aesthetic for the building, and there's definitely a discussion as far as functionality and cost. So if you know if you're in an area with high snow loads, your you know a flat roof might cost you more to build because you have to put in extra structure to support it. I don't know if that's the case for sure, but I'm just kind of you know I'm making assumptions. But usually, I think what happens is there's a decision made on what the roof should look like. And then the structural engineer is responsible for designing the structure appropriately to handle the snow that will collect on that roof design. So the, yeah, in BC, it could be a matter of it's just simpler and easier to build it this way. And that's why they use the A-frame style. Or it could be an aesthetic choice and they could make it because that's just the look that they like. I mean, it has a more cabin-y type look. It's more rustic. Um, You know, it fits that. That aesthetic for that area. yeah You're talking about like Whistler area, right?
1: I was actually talking about Revelstoke, um, just between Calgary and, and Vancouver. I can remember. It's been quite a while since I've been up to Revelstoke, so I'm not sure about their their roof shape.
0: Yeah, I'm. Again, I don't really know. To be honest, I'm kind of just speculating. But if you're a structural engineer and you're listening, please tell us. We'd love to know. So, a new theater was built in the same location as the Knickerbock Theater the following year. It was ultimately torn down in the 1960s as part of an urban renewal project. But that current building is shaped like a movie theater and it pays homage to the original Knickerbocker Theater, which is pretty cool.
1: Yeah. So there you have it. The Knickerbocker Theater collapse in Washington, D.C. One really bad snowstorm resulted in the collapse of a crowded theater that impacted a significant number of lives and ultimately led to the architect and owner taking their lives later on.
0: Thanks for listening to this mini failure episode. For our regular episodes, check out Failurology wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to chat with us, our Twitter handle is at Failurology. You can email us at thefailurologypodcast at gmail.com, or you can connect with us on LinkedIn, and there's links to all of these in the show notes. Bye, everyone. Talk soon.